Hey, everybody, welcome to church. Glad you're here. And uh, let me take a moment, as I always do, look in the camera, say a big hello to our Hokessin location. Much love to you and to everyone gathering online at our online location. Newark, will you help me show some love to all of our locations? Come on, make it big. Yeah, we love you, our church family, and excited about what God is doing in all of our different spaces where we gather. We are in week two of a series called Moments That Matter. If you're joining us for the first time at any of our locations, very, very glad you're here. And before we jump into the message, next weekend, you might have heard, is Easter. Uh, you didn't just hear that here. It's probably on, on your calendar as well. It's, it's fairly well known. But it's coming up this, this next weekend, and I'm so excited about it, as I always do. I want to invite you, if you're a part of this community of faith, if you feel like you know, this is something that you uh, are excited about and belong to. I just want to give you four very simple ways that you can make the most of Easter weekend. And the first is invite. So invite everybody you know to join you to experience God here. We have, as you heard, 15 gatherings ac across our locations, lots of opportunities for people to experience God. And your life will never be the same after someone you invite has a moment that matters spiritually here. So I want to encourage you Get the word out, invite your friends, your family members, your neighbors, your coworkers, invite your enemies. It's a little hack. Uh, it's great if they find Jesus, things will get better. So just invite people to come to Easter at the journey. And then secondly, I want to encourage you to pray. And uh, just press in this week and pray. Obviously, for everything happening here at the journey, we're going to throw open our front doors and expect thousands of people to join us in person and online but I would encourage you as well to pray for every church throughout our region, that Jesus will just do a work in the lives of people. I feel like God just wants to kind of turn a page in a lot of people's lives uh, this Easter, and not just here, but all across uh, our region. So be praying for that. This Wednesday at 1.30 in the afternoon, our staff will get together to pray. So if you want to mark your calendar and make that a time that you pause wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and pray. If you're driving, keep your eyes open, but just pray and believe God to do big things. And then third, let's serve together. So all of us who are followers of Jesus, we know that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. So let's serve together this Easter. If you're on the J team, make sure you get an opportunity to serve during Easter. If you're not on the J team yet, we have opportunities for you to try it and you can serve for the first time. I hereby dub you a member of the team uh, for Easter. So come be a part of that. And then finally, fourth, uh, let's give together. So Easter is next weekend, but this weekend is our Easter offering. We do this every year, an opportunity to give above and beyond our regular giving outside our walls. This year, very passionate about this. We're going to be giving to help pastors, churches, and leaders outside of the journey, and also to keep extending our reach throughout our region, what we call Journey City. I'll tell you a little bit more about how you can be a part of that at the end of the gathering today. But this is just going to be, if you allow it to be, it's going to be a rich season. We've loaded the bases in April. Easter's coming. Uh, where All of our J groups are experiencing communion. If you didn't do that this past week, you likely will this coming week. All of our small groups will be doing that together. Baptism weekend is coming up in two weeks. I mean, we have just loaded the bases, and it's T-ball. All you have to do is step up and just... Sports never work out for me when I try to make a sports reference, but there it is. <laughs> it's going to be a great month. How about that? I'm excited about it. You guys excited about this month? Full of moments, and they can be moments that matter wherever you are in your spiritual journey. This really could be a season uh, when God does something big in your life, and that's what this series is, is all about. It's all about moments, those highs 
and lows that make up our lives. So let me ask you uh, today, how many of us have ever had a romantic moment? Just by a show of hands in the room, I started awkward on purpose. Don't respond out loud, you know. If you're watching online, just if you had a romantic moment, uh, just raise your hand just right where you are. Uh, please don't have a romantic moment right now. Keep watching this gathering. How many of us have ever had a peaceful moment? How many of us would say, man, I've had a moment when it's just like, I felt so... Maybe for me, it's sometimes when I'm in nature. I'm not a huge nature person, but every once in a while, I'll be out in nature, and I'll be just like, oh, it's so peaceful. How many of us have had an exciting moment? Anybody had an exciting moment? Like, yeah, this is amazing. A concert or something, or just an exciting moment. Have you ever had a fulfilling moment? A moment that just felt like, it's just so fulfilling. Feel that way sometimes when I, er- when I eat certain flavors of ice cream, just deeply fulfilling. It's like that was, this is the will of God for my life. <laughs> Anybody ever had a desperate moment? You're just like, I'm, I need something to change. Anybody ever had a terrified moment? Maybe while you were driving? If you've been a passenger with me, you've probably had a terrified, <laughs> terrified moment. You ever had a proud moment? It's okay, be honest, ever had a moment where you're like, man, I'm just proud of what I just did. How many of us have had a proud moment followed quickly by a humbling moment? How many of us have been there? Let me ask you today, have you, have you ever had a spiritual moment? You had a moment when you just, just seemed like God was right there. When I was 15, I had a spiritual moment, a moment when I knew that if there was a God, I wanted to know him. It's more like I needed to know him. And a lot of us in the room right now, Uh, We're watching online right now. We've had a moment like that. We've had a moment that set us on a spiritual journey that changed our lives. And if you're you're new to God and church and the idea of a spiritual moment kind of freaks you out because it means, you know, maybe losing control in some ways or letting go of control of your life, that's okay. When I found Jesus at 15, it kind of freaked me out too. It was a moment that I, I really didn't see coming, but I just became aware of God and how much I needed God. And it ended up changing everything for me. I think we crave moments that matter. We crave moments in our relationships, in our careers, when it comes to our influence, where we're looking for moments that matter. And the question today is, what if that craving for moments that matter is really a craving for a life that matters? And what if that life can only be found with God? What if the kind of life that is full of moments that really end up mattering in the long run can only be found by knowing God. So this is the weekend of what's often called Palm Sunday. Today is Palm Sunday, Easter. Next weekend, we'll remember what Jesus did for us. We'll be sobered by the sacrifice that he made, but full of celebration at how he overcame death and hell and the grave and rose again from the dead. We'll celebrate all of that next weekend, but the week before, we remember how Jesus ended up in the city where all of that happened, the city of Jerusalem. And here's what a guy named John, who was there, one of Jesus' closest friends, his closest disciples, here's how John describes it. The week before Easter, he says, the next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. I love that, because really, that's our heart as a church. It's what we want. We want We want the news about Jesus coming to our cities to just sweep through the cities in our region and to impact the people who are looking for hope and looking for help. That's why we serve to help people in need. It's why we'll show up next weekend to serve all of the guests who will come through our doors and gather online. That's why we do all of that. That's why we give. That's why we're generous with our lives. We want the news about Jesus to get out. He's on his way to our cities. 
and he wants to do something in the lives of people. So let me ask you today, what area of your life right now seems dark, maybe seems hopeless, seems helpless, seems out of control, seems discouraging to you, and the reality is you just haven't gotten the news yet, Jesus is on his way. You just haven't realized yet your soul hasn't become aware that Jesus wants to do a work in your life, that he wants to shift some things around. You see, I don't even know if that can happen. Like, there's so much that's gone wrong. How can Jesus do a work in my life? Can I just tell you, he is an expert at taking broken things and putting them back together. So today, the week before Easter, what if the news could get to your life? That Jesus is on his way. I love what John says. The news swept through the city. So in response, watch this, a large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches. That's where we get uh, Palm Sunday from. So if you've ever been to the, the Middle East or Florida, I don't know where you vacation, uh, but you've seen palm trees. So these, this crowd took these palm branches and they went down the road to meet him. They're waving these palm branches. They're celebrating and they shouted three things. Praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. So have you ever gotten home from a long trip and uh, you've been away for a little while and somebody was waiting for you, a parent, a kid, your spouse, a friend, a sibling, and they could hardly contain themselves. They were so glad to see you. Have you ever had that experience? Maybe they were even there in the airport or they picked you up outside or they were waiting at the door when you got home. They're just like, oh, I missed you so much. Anybody ever had that experience? Have you ever experienced the opposite? Now that I've got two kids, and I've had some moments when I came home from a trip, and I was like, hey, dad's home, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> or what'd you bring me, you know, like, well, I brought you something, but you're not getting it now, that's for sure, I'm <laughs> keeping it for me, <laughs> I'm glad to see me, so, this crowd is having a moment with Jesus, Now they don't fully understand who he is. But they're having a moment, and in this moment, they're so glad to see him, they can hardly contain themselves, and they shout three things. The first thing they shout is, praise God. That's not actually what they said in their language. In their language, they used a word that we don't use a lot anymore, but it's the word Hosanna. You may have heard that word or not before. It's kind of a spiritual word, a churchy word, Hosanna. What does it mean? Well, praise God's not a bad translation. It's okay. But it doesn't really fully capture the heart of that word. There isn't one word in English that fully captures the word Hosanna because Hosanna literally means save us now, rescue now. There's an urgency to it. So these are people who many of them have been oppressed, the culture that they live in, they've faced a lot of oppression and discrimination and, and difficulty in their lives. Many of them, they spent everything they had to get to Jerusalem for this Passover feast that means so much to them. And they come running out to meet Jesus and they have this sense like you're the answer to our deepest question. So will you save us now? And Jesus will, although it won't be in the way they're expecting, which is often how he works, but just a few days later, he'll go to a cross, hang there and die to make this crowd and us, all of us who believe in him, right with God. And then he'll, as if that wasn't enough, he'll rise again from the dead, giving power to us over our greatest human fears, power over death. We no longer have to fear 
death. Think about it. How do you terrify a person who understands that this life isn't all there is? How do you freak out somebody who says, the worst thing that can happen is I go to heaven? So Jesus is going to die for our forgiveness. He's going to rise again. He's going to save us. And the crowd, in anticipation, although they don't understand it all yet, they're crying out, save now. Hosanna, when I was 15, basically that's what I said to Jesus. Save me. I need you to save me now. Not next week. Not next month. Not at a more convenient time. I need you to save me now. It's the first moment that matters. When Jesus shows up, it's a moment that matters, a moment of open acknowledgement. It's not a moment of, well, I think I, I kind of believe in Jesus. Don't tell anybody. I'm, I'm sticking with Jesus unless somebody better comes along. No, it's, it's a moment of open acknowledgement. It's a Hosanna moment. They shout it out. Jesus, save us now. I declare you are Lord. How do you become a follower of Jesus? We read it in the Bible. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's an open acknowledgement. I declare you are Lord God raised you from the dead. That's a moment that matters. So let me ask you, have you had that moment yet? Have you had that moment when you openly declared that Jesus was Lord, and not just Lord in some general sense, but Lord of your life? And if not, good news, you can have that moment. Maybe even today. You can have a moment that changes everything for you when you openly acknowledge who Jesus is. And then let me speak to all of us today, myself included, who have had a moment like that at all of our locations. You consider yourself a Christian. You put your faith in Jesus. Let me ask, what would it look like for us to go back to that moment and with fresh faith the week before Easter declare, Jesus is still Lord of my life. He is still Lord. I am depending on him alone to save me, to rescue me, to, to deliver me, to take care of me. I'm putting all my trust in Jesus. He's Lord. It's a moment of open acknowledgement. And it's a personal moment, but there's a public moment that follows after that personal moment. It's a moment of baptism. We're going to celebrate that together in two weeks. It really is a pool party. We're going to experience this moment where many of you, if you put your faith in Jesus, haven't taken the step of baptism yet, you're going to have the opportunity to go public with your faith. We'll take you down into water very briefly. Just so you know, you'll be immersed in water. We've never left anyone down there. And in that split moment, we'll immerse you in water. You'll come back up. You say, well, what's so magic or special about that? Well, there's nothing magic about the water. There's nothing magic about the person baptizing you, but there's a moment when you, because you personally put your faith in Jesus, publicly say, my sins have been washed away, I'm a new person, I'm with Jesus, I want everybody to know. <laughs> Hosanna! He's my Lord. And it's a powerful moment. God wants us to experience moments of open acknowledgement where we don't keep our faith some secret hush hush thing we just openly acknowledge save me now Jesus I need you to rescue me now and you know what comes with a moment like that peace joy freedom purpose 
I remember the moment I put my faith in Jesus, 15 years old, I remember that moment, and I came to him and I cried out to him, I need you to save me now, Jesus, I need you in my life, and I remember being flooded with this overwhelming sense of peace and joy and freedom and purpose, but can I tell you, it doesn't have to just be one moment. You can keep having moments like that. In fact, a few weeks ago, uh, I was having a bad day. Anybody ever had a bad day? I was having a bad day, and I was home alone. I put some worship music on, turned it up loud, and I started walking around my house praising God. In spite of my circumstances, in spite of my emotions, I'm going to praise God. And I felt that same joy and that same freedom flood my soul. In fact, even more recently, I had a moment where my emotions were kind of getting the the better of me, and I just had this moment where I suddenly, I spoke to my emotions, and I said, I command you to recognize Jesus as Lord. You're not in charge. Jesus is in charge. It's a moment of open acknowledgement. Some of us are feeling heavy. Maybe even right now, maybe you came here today. Maybe you're watching this right now, and you've got a heaviness on you, not realizing that the source of that heaviness is that you are trying to be Lord of your life. But when you can remind your soul, when I can remind my soul, Jesus is Lord, Jesus, save now, rescue now, help me now, the heaviness begins to lift because when I remind my soul that Jesus is Lord, it changes things. So if you're a Christian today, the week before Easter, maybe just whisper under your breath right where you are right now, Jesus, save me now, rescue me now, I needed you, I'm so glad you saved me when you did, but I still need you now. I need you to be Lord right now. Second thing the crowd shouts is blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So they shout, Hosanna, save now, praise God, but then they shout, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Can I just tell you, when I first came to Jesus, to be honest, I wasn't thinking about anyone else except me. And for a lot of us, that's probably our experience. I just knew I needed my life to change. In fact, that was pretty much all I could think about. When I came to Jesus, I was like, this isn't working, I need you. I wasn't thinking about anybody else. I wasn't concerned about anybody else. But as I kept following Jesus, something started to shift. Put it this way, when I first became a Christian, and I don't mean that word, by the way, in in the way that maybe society uses that word. I mean it in the sense that I gave my life to Jesus. It wasn't a religion for me. I was like, I want to be a part of a religion. No, I needed Jesus. And when I first became a Christian, it's because I realized what mattered to me mattered to Jesus. I mattered to him. I mattered so much to God that he gave his son so that I could have new life and hope forever. That's how I became a Christian. But when I started to grow as a Christian, it was because I realized that because what mattered to me mattered to Jesus, what mattered to Jesus should matter a whole lot more to me now. And my life began to change. The crowd doesn't just shout, save now. They shout, blessings on Jesus. What does that mean? Well, another one of Jesus' disciples who was there, a guy named Matthew, who was also there that day, he says this. He says, the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him. Think about that. This crowd took off their jackets and their sweaters and their hoodies and their shackets. If you're not familiar with a shacket, it's a shirt that's also a jacket. We'll change your life. (laughs) Aren't you glad you come to church? Fashion tips. Crowd took off their outer 
garments, they took off their jackets and their sweaters, they took off, they took off all of that, and they laid it on the ground so that Jesus could enter Jerusalem on this pathway of what people had to offer. Think about that. And they cried out, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. They created a path for Jesus. They removed what they had, laid it down to pave the way for Jesus to come to their city. What kind of moment is that? It's a moment that matters. It's a moment of real contribution. We don't stop with a moment of open acknowledgement. We begin to live our lives differently. So let me ask you, have you had that moment yet when you realize that your life is about someone or something bigger than you? It changes everything. So when I had that moment, I started serving in kids' ministry in our church. I was, I was in 11th grade. I didn't know anything about kids' ministry. But I started serving, and they moved me around a little bit. It was like, that's not working. Let's try you over here <laughs> in some other different rooms. And, but I just, I wanted to serve. Why? Because I wanted to bless the one who had blessed me. That's what happens. When we find Jesus, we, we want to make a real contribution with our lives. That's what I desire. Now, I knew I could never pay Jesus back for what he'd done for me, but I thought, you know, it's not a bad life to spend it trying. To just say, man, I'm going to live my life. You've done more for me than I could ever pay you back for, but I'm going to live my life making a real contribution to what matters to you. This is about taking something we have, our time, our energy, our resources, and laying it down to create a path for Jesus to get to someone else. It's a moment when what matters to God starts to really matter to us. We become aware. We become aware of our neighbors. We become aware of our coworkers. You say, oh, I'm aware of my coworkers. That's not what I mean. I mean, we become aware of how much they need God. We become aware of the needs around us. That's why we serve in the past two weeks. You guys have just been on fire last weekend, a bunch of you showed up at the Red Roof Inn in Newark, and where there are a lot of people who are experiencing homelessness and transitional housing, and you served. We had a recovery team there helping people get the resources they need to get clean. We partnered with a grocery store to, to interview people and help them find employment. We, we gave away fresh meals. We gave, we gave people haircuts for free to just give them dignity and hope and let them know we care, and so many people were so blown away. Yesterday, we served, we gave away thousands of pounds of fresh, healthy food to people in need in our communities. Why do we do that? Because we want our lives to be a blessing to Jesus. It's, these are moments of real contribution. And if you're a Christian, maybe just whisper under your breath, this week before Easter, we're getting ready to shout next weekend and celebrate and sing. It's gonna, man, what we've got planned for Easter's just going to take you to a whole new level. But the week before, what if you just said, Jesus, I want my life to be a blessing to you. And I want to make a real contribution. Jesus, help me take what I have to offer, my invitations, my influence, my relationships, my prayers, my time, my gifts. Help me take what I have and lay it down to pave a path for you to get to someone else. Here's the last thing the crowd shouts. Hail to the king of Israel. This is a moment when Jesus becomes more, more than just the one who saved us, more even than just the one we're paving a path for with our lives. It's the moment when Jesus becomes the king 
of everything. It's the final moment. It's a moment of total surrender. Beyond just saying, Jesus, you're Lord. Beyond even saying, God, I'm going to live my life outwardly focused to make a difference, to pave a path. This is a moment of total surrender. When I found Jesus, I had that moment of open acknowledgement. I realized I needed him to save me now. And then I, I started having moments of real contribution when what mattered to Jesus began to matter to me. I wanted to make a difference with my life. But can I tell you that there have been and there continue to be for me so many moments in my life when I have to decide all over again, is Jesus really king? Capital K, king. Is he king? Is he king of my priorities? Is he king of my finances? King of my marriage, king of my parenting, king of my friendships? Is Jesus king of my thought life? Is he king of my sex life? Is he king of my work time? How about my free time? Is Jesus king of my successes and also king of my failures? Is Jesus just king for the hour or so I gather at church every week to worship him? Or does the way I gather at church every week to worship him make him king over the other 167 hours in my week? Is he king? Like really king of everything. Not just the Lord who saved me. Not just the one who modeled what it is to be a servant as an example for me. But is he king? Does he call the shots? Some of us have some areas where we're like, yeah, Jesus is king. He's 100% king. And then we have some other areas where we're like, well, here we split it 50-50. Sometimes he's king. But after a hard week, I'm king. You know what I mean? So next weekend for Easter, I'm getting ready to preach a lot of times. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. But Good Friday, so Easter at the Journey starts Good Friday, and Good Friday during the day before I preach that evening, I'm going to go to Philadelphia for an immigration appointment. Now, I'm not being deported, as far as I know, but I am a Canadian citizen, and I am going to Philadelphia as part of the process, hopefully part of the final part of the process, of applying for American citizenship. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten it yet, so just slow your roll, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but for over 25 years, I've lived here with a green card. So you ask, well, what made you decide to finally speed this thing up and become a citizen? You've been here 25 years. I mean, wh why now? Well, you might be disappointed at the answer because it's really not a very dramatic reason. I just finally got around to it. I've been busy, you know what I mean? Like, I have been busy. But, after all, I'm staying here for the rest of my life. And some of us need a moment like that with Jesus. Some of us need a moment where we're no longer content with a spiritual green card. Some of us just need a 
draw a line in the sand and decisively step over it and make it clear, you know what, come hell or high water, I'm staying with Jesus for the rest of my life. I am not dabbling in my faith. I am not just dipping my toe in the water. I am all in. Jesus is king. He calls the shots. It's a moment of total surrender. Hail to the king. It's about declaring the authority of Jesus over every area of our lives and then waking up every day and living in joyful surrender to that authority. That doesn't mean we always get everything right. It means we always go run back to Jesus. You're the king. Can I tell you something today, the week before Easter? Listen, did you know that partial surrender is a recipe for misery? Some of us, 80% of our mental and spiritual and emotional pain is a direct result of incomplete surrender to the king. And we're living in this place where we go, well, you know, Jesus, well, I'm going to do my own thing. Jesus, I'm do... we, we cry out, save me now every day. But we haven't gotten to the place where we have finally said, hail to the king of my life. Jesus, I totally surrender to you. So let me ask you, have you had, have you had that moment recently where you recognize that someone or something was trying to compete for your devotion? Someone or something was trying to take the place of Jesus on the throne of your life and you just got bold in your spirit and you said, no, Jesus is the king and you put Jesus back in his rightful place of authority over your life and you joyfully surrender to him. It's a moment that matters, a moment of total surrender. So the week before Easter, if you're a Christian, right where you are right now, maybe just tell Jesus, Hail to the king. I totally surrender. And I remind my soul today that I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. And I, I went to Jesus for salvation. I began to live my life to make a contribution. But I just want it to be clear, I am totally surrendered. Can you tell Jesus that right now? You are the only king of my life. <laughs> because when Jesus shows up, it's the only right response. And can I tell you, in fact, it just strikes me. The next weekend, Easter, man, we are going to pull out all the stops. We're going to worship. We're going to be moved. We're going to celebrate. We're going to see people put their faith in Jesus all across our locations. God's going to do big things. But the week before, he's slipping into the city. And the people who know that, what that means are running out to meet him. He's here, which means there's an opportunity for some moments that matter. 
He's here. So there's an opportunity for a moment of open acknowledgement. There's a moment to say, Jesus, save me now with urgency. Rescue me now. Maybe you're here. You haven't put your faith in Jesus yet. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a few minutes. But it's a moment of open acknowledgement. Jesus, you are Lord. He's here, so there's an opportunity for a moment of real contribution. There's an opportunity for you to say, because of what Jesus has done for me, I'm going to strip off something I have and I'm going to lay it down to pave a path. I'm going to invite, I'm going to pray, I'm going to serve, I'm going to give. Why? Well, I could never pay him back. But what a life to get to live. It's a try. It's a moment of real contribution. And then finally, he's here, so there's an opportunity for a moment of total surrender. Jesus, you're the king. I'm not talking about a moment with a religion or a pastor or a priest or a moment just of emotion. I'm talking about a moment of decision. Jesus, you're the king. I totally surrender. And if you would say today, I, I know he's here. <laughs> Don't want to miss the moment. You just shoot your hand up all over the room. If you want more of Jesus in your life, on a hocus and hold it up high, online, right where you are, lift that hand up toward heaven. God sees you right where you are. Let's open our hearts up to him together. Jesus, we come to you asking you to save us now, rescue us now. We come to you crying blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Let our lives be a blessing to you. We come to you totally surrendering. Hail to the king of our lives. And Jesus, we ask you this, this week before Easter, we ask you to just come into our cities. We ask you to come into our lives, come into our homes, come into our hearts, come into our circumstances, come into our minds that have been troubled and confused, come into our decisions and give us clarity. We invite you in because this moment with you matters. And while you let God just work in your life for a moment more, if you're here today and you don't yet have a real relationship with God, listen, the first moment I described, the moment of open acknowledgement, is how a relationship with God begins. If you openly declare that he's Lord and believe in your heart that he is who he says he is and he did what he said he would do. He died and rose again and he will do what he says he will do. Forgive your sins, everything you've ever thought, said or done that has kept you from God and make you new. That's how you become a follower of Jesus. 
And in that moment, you begin a spiritual journey and he gives you the power to live with him and for him. And if you're here today and you would say, I need that in my life. I need a relationship with God. I'm gonna lead us in prayer again and this is your moment. I want everyone just to open your heart up to God one more time with me. And if that's you today, in the room, online, if you need God in your life, whisper out a prayer of faith, something like this. Jesus, save me now. I declare that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you died for me and that you rose again and you're real. I put my faith in you. From this moment on, I'm gonna follow you. And if that's you, if you would say you wanna be included in that prayer while everyone around you is focused on God, will you lift your hand and just hold it up high boldly? I'm putting my faith in Jesus today, trusting him with my life, putting all my faith in him, believing him, yeah. Hokesson, lift that hand up high online. You can type the word faith in the comments, whatever platform you're on. It's a moment of open acknowledgement. And then everybody, will you help me? Come on, let's give King Jesus all the praise. Would you do that with me? And it's a moment that matters. And uh, we're gonna wrap up this gathering in just about four or five minutes. But before we do, uh, first of all, if you prayed with me a moment ago, put your faith in Jesus for the first time, we want to celebrate that with you. Make sure you take a moment, fill in the Connect card uh, you heard about earlier. If you're online, the host will drop a link to that in the chat. If you're in one of our rooms, uh, you can find that Connect card seat back in front of you or on your seat. If you're putting your faith in Jesus for the first time today, you prayed with me a moment ago, and you are in one of our rooms, go to Journey Central, go to the cafe afterward, and it will give you a free Bible to help you grow in your faith, continue to take steps. We're celebrating with you. So next weekend is Easter. It's going to be amazing. I want to encourage you again, invite, pray, serve. God's going to do big things. But this weekend before, we have an opportunity as a church to give and to take what we have and lay it down to pave a path for Jesus to get to a lot more cities. It's our Easter offering. I want to give you an opportunity to give in that today. Uh, there's no pressure to give anything. We're not going to pass anything around the room if you're in the room. But this is an opportunity for us to just give generously to what matters to God. And we have two areas of passion. I want to remind you of the two things our Easter offering is focused on. First of all, churches, pastors, and leaders outside of our church. So we want to plant churches across North America. We've identified 300 cities in North America that need a life-giving church or need more life-giving churches. Your giving is going to help us plant churches there. We're going to serve pastors by coaching and training and encouraging them at no cost to them. So we're going to bring them here, fire them up, send them back to their cities to make a difference, and we'll do it for free. You're going to pick up the tab, if that's cool. <laughs> Say, but I've never met them. You will one day. We talked about that. And then third, we're going to reach marketplace leaders for Jesus. So we're partnering with an organization called Equip that gets the message of Jesus into corporations around the world through leadership development. And last year, around 100,000 people put their faith in Jesus in a business environment in a small group. 
and your giving will help make more of that happen. And then secondly, we're gonna continue preparing to launch a new location in Journey City. So this is our opportunity to make a difference through our Easter offering. And I wanna encourage you to be a part of that. It's about giving what we have to pave the way for Jesus. And on that second part, preparing to launch a new location, we've got a lot of work left to do, raising up leaders, finding space. It's gonna be a long process, but we wanna have the resources in hand when God opens the door so that we can move quickly so Jesus can get to a new city. And I'm excited about it. So if you wanna be a part of it today, uh, you can text give TJ to 94,000. Uh, you can give at our website, yourjourney.tv. If you're in a room, you can use an envelope uh, to give today. And again, no pressure to give, but here's what I would invite you to do. Pray if you haven't yet, listen, and then just give if and as God leads. Just listen to his voice and do what God leads you to do. Why? So that Jesus can get to more cities. So more people can have moments that matter. Susie, my wife and I had a moment two weeks ago and we made a decision of what to give in the Easter offering. We always try to go first, never ask you to do something I'm not doing. But we didn't feel like it was quite as much as we wanted it to be, but we didn't know where to find more. Anybody ever been there? We're like, I'm not sure where to find more. So we made a commitment to God. Here's what we're gonna give. And if you will provide more, we'll give that as well. And God has a sense of humor because he showed up and we were able to joyfully give. You say, why are you smiling? You have less money than you did. Because I know how this works. You can't outgive God. You can't. Try it. <laughs> you can't. So I want to pray over it. We're going to give together and we're going to close out in just a moment. Open your heart up to God with me. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. You've given so much. God, we, we want to give today, but it's so important. Our amount, you're not measuring our amount the way the world measures amounts. You're not measuring it by the number of zeros after it because you know how many things we have. You know where we are. You're measuring the act of faith. You're just looking for a response of faith that we would joyfully, cheerfully give to make a difference outside our walls. And God, we pray that as we do that today, it'll pave a path for you. The news about you will sweep through more cities around our country, around our world, and right here in Journey City. We praise you for it. We pray you'll multiply it in Jesus' name. It's our joy to give. Amen. We believe you for it. Would you help me one more time? Let's give Jesus all the praise.